everybody. My name is Joe Shelton and I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, and recording artist from Indianapolis, Indiana. Over the last year, I've stepped out and performed music on over 200 stages. Along the way though, I met a lot of great people that I didn't expect to. They were inspiring artists and songwriters and musicians. And I want to share all of that inspiration with you. So that's what this show is about. Moonshine equals love. Shine and love on the music. Moonshine and music starts now. Welcome to Moonshine and Music. We are here today with Matt Monta of Matt Monta and the Haymakers. Sometimes, I guess. Yeah, all sometimes. the time. Sometimes I mean, it's always. It's sometimes always, it's just Matt Monta. Other times right. it's Matt Monta and the Haymakers. But they will always get some form of Matt Monta. It, well, and who wouldn't want some form of Matt Monta? You know. Um, but welcome to the show. Thank it's great you. to have you here. Thanks. It's good to be here. Um, I know you traveled in today, so that right. was nice. Um, so we, we like to get to know the artists from the ground up. Sure. You know, where'd you where'd you grow up? What 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 city were you from originally? I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, north, north of Dayton, uh, Inwood Clayton area, um, and uh, music was always sort of part of the family. My dad would play. Uh, Christmas carols um, on his guitar. My sisters both were, you know, we all took piano lessons. My oldest sister was in show choir. My other sister um, played piano and wrote musicals and um, was in choir and all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, it was a nice, quiet little upbringing in so, Western Ohio. So when you say your dad played Christmas carols, was this a year-round activity or? No, I mean it was at Christmas time. Like he would. Since we're filming at Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. He, no, he'd bust out the guitar at Christmas time, and we we'd start singing. You know, the Twelve Days of Christmas. Now it eventually devolve into, "Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys" and, and some Buddy Holly stuff too. So. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I mean it was. Fun. So that, was that who they? Was that who he was into, or the, uh, um, you know, what Willie Nelson? Yeah, I mean, like my, yeah, my my dad's got pretty good taste in music, so he, you know, we'd we'd listen to Alabama and stuff like that, and then, you know, we'd listen to the Blues Brothers soundtrack. Oh, I love the Blues Brothers soundtrack. I love Rawhide was like my favorite song as a kid. I didn't understand why I was like, I love this. Song. Well, you know, Raw, Rawhide is one of those songs that I call a lifesaver. You know, you know? how's it, that? Well, it saved their lives. They, they, oh, were, they were liable to be. <laughs> Completely killed or something if they didn't have something to play. At I think the, I think music in Bob's general, Country Bunker. And, yeah. and music in general saved their lives. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> you know they were they were on a mission from God, so you know that's yeah. how it works. And they defeated the Illinois Nazis, which you know <laughs> who who likes Illinois Nazis? No one. No one. No one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> back to the uh, uh, interrogation. You uh, so uh, growing up, he, he was into music. What, what did he do for a living? Was he? Uh, he was an attorney. An attorney. Yeah. Okay. So both my parents uh, were attorneys. My sisters both became lawyers, and 
I and you became didn't? A, I became a professional musician. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what they did. And, uh, you know, it would... That's that's the end of that answer to that question. Well, that, that <laughs> seems uh, uh, less than exciting. No wonder they were into music on the side. <laughs> you had to do something to relieve the stress. Right? I mean, there's some there's some pretty wild stories um, in, in working in the legal profession. It wasn't like they were just pushing papers. You know, my dad did criminal work, and he also did you know um, civil stuff, and so uh, you know there's a lot of interesting stories that he has to tell. He worked he worked by himself and. What I've noticed um, is that you know he and I have in common sort of the entrepreneurial spirit of working for yourself, and um, you know he has his own office. He has to get clients. He has to send invoices and try to get paid and things like that. And you know he does stuff too that's for the community and tries to contribute and give back. And you know I'm not doing any technical legal work, but at the same time, a lot of the day-to-day -day grind is much like running your own business as, right. as I'm sure you know and your guests all know it's it's uh, it's a hustle and you got to have some focus and um, you know be able to roll with the punches when the punches start getting real hard well you know I think uh, people that aren't musicians don't quite get how much goes into it mm. they kind of think you know you're singing around and then you just show up to perform but like right. it's not just even practicing your songs it's a uh, you know all that other work that you're talking about there right you got to find places to play book them if you have a band you have to get all those guys organized and get them there and get them at practice and <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. get them to um, you know maybe play the songs you want them to play or play them the way you want them to play them and um, scheduling people and trying to get people to respond I mean it's it's a it's not a well-oiled machine I'll put it that way it's 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 a lot of persistence and it's a lot of uh, dedication and being willing to, to deal with all that stuff but you know if, if you just have a day job and you're going to the open mic once a week like then it is kind of just show up and play your songs, you know. And that's that's totally fine, and that's that's great, and that's awesome. But um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the curtain of yeah. being a performer. Um, so when, when did you first start playing? I mean, you said you grew up with uh, all of the folks in your family being kind of musical. Yeah, I started writing uh, Weird Al style parodies when I was a child. I was. Uh, I would take popular songs and then just rewrite the lyrics. I thought Weird Al's incredible. I love Weird Al. Weird Al's great. <laughs> Listen to Weird Al kids. And uh, Especially Amish Paradise. That one's killer. Uh, Dare to be Stupid is one of the greatest albums of all time. Don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. And, you know, I... I decided I wanted to play guitar and I started learning on my sister's guitar which was like this little harmony you know just this one of those cheap, ones cheap it sounds like it's in guitars. a tunnel no matter what you do to it yeah but the yeah. thing was is I was like man it's so hard to play this and it turns out the neck was broken I didn't even know it like at the top of the at the top it was like split like that and I was like oh well that would make sense as to why so, so the action was like half inch high or something oh it was yeah I could have been playing a slide guitar and then but then like I was old enough that my dad's like here you can play my guitar and so I started 
you know, teaching myself like REM songs because that's what I was into at the time. Uh, and then additionally, my dad had this Roy Clark Big Note songbook, which had a lot of like folk songs, country songs in it that were easy to play along to and, and sing and things like that. Um, so, you know, I started, there weren't a lot of places to perform. There weren't places like Books and Brews where they have open mics and places for younger people to perform. So I think I did like my high school talent show. And then when I got into college, I sort of started exploring things at Ohio State's campus and annoying my dorm mates playing in my dorm room a lot. Oh, so you went to Ohio State? I did, yes. What for? Political science uh, and economics. I see. So does that uh, background feed into your songwriting? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it does. It's it, being, you know, you, you study any particular field and you start to understand the ins and outs of it. So being in political science and economics, uh, you know, I, I, I worked in campaigns. I worked in political campaigns. I worked um, f for all kinds of things. And you see how the sausage is made. And so when someone comes on TV and they're like, oh, we've announced this new deal, you know, to people who don't follow the process or understand the process, like, oh, they have this thing now. Much like, oh, he just showed up with these songs. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and, but, but then, but like, I see what goes on and like the patterns and, and how there's a cause and effect um, within government and electoral politics and things. So at election time, it's it's a very bad time for me because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to deal with it. But my brain gets drawn in because I have to, I have to see it and I have to pull it apart. Um, so you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a. A, a political songwriter per se. I'm not like Phil Oaks who's going to take a topical song and stretch it to its limit. But I can look at an event that's going on, see how it works, and then you know do my best as a songwriter to explain how that is in terms of everyday life. And that's what I think is important is is writing songs in a way that someone who isn't a political science major or who doesn't follow or, or isn't XYZ can be like, yeah, I get that. And then they can look at something maybe they don't understand and be like, that's the same thing. Um, you know, whether I'm achieving that successfully or not, that might be another story, but that's, that's always my goal, you know. So um, how, how many records in are you at this point? So I've put out, um, under my own name, I've put out four albums. Um, I also was on, um, I did an album with uh, a rockabilly band called The Smoking Guns for, um, we did that, put that out four years ago. Um, and, uh, and then I played in a band called Righteous Buck and the Skull Scorchers and contributed a song on that and also did backing vocals and guitar parts. So, um, you know, four under my name and then two extras outside of that. Um, and it's always a learning process, and I feel like I'm getting better every time, but it, every time it just gets more and more complicated. <laughs> recording isn't easy, kids. Um, well, I would say that recording is probably the hardest part of the process, not because yeah. of the um, uh, of anything more than you, it's hard to make all those decisions. Everything's a decision. At least yep. that's the way it is for me. Mm -hmm. um, when you're uh, when you do you go into a studio? What kind? Of, what's your process when you're recording? Do you like um, do you go in and like just have a band together and play it live? Do you try to track things individually? Is it a mixture of, of those things? What's the so my first solo record, American Ryman. 
I just set up in um, the engineer's living room and he put like 20 mics on me. It was like some sort of science fiction movie. <laughs> and, and I just sat there completely still and we borrowed um, a friend's uh, J50. And he's like, okay, now play the song. And I'd play it and I'd go, what do you think about that? And he'd say, that was cool, which means that sucked, do it again. <laughs> uh, and you know, we did a bunch of takes until I felt like comfortable. Um, and that was that was that process. Uh, so it was just completely acoustic? Like just no, no click track or anything, just me with an acoustic Excuse me, an acoustic guitar, uh, and then for the next couple albums, you know, I had the band, and so uh, we were all working day jobs, and I was like, well, let's maximize our time and try to be efficient. Don't try to be efficient in the studio. Um, you you made a made a noise like you got to be efficient. Well, you should, <laughs> but don't make efficiency your priority. In that, we what we did is we book like one day, like a twelve-hour, ten-hour, twelve-hour session, and we'd hammer. 11 tunes, like get all the bass tracks, do it all live. Um, and then I'd go back piecemeal and re-record the vocals and record guitar parts and piano parts. Like, kind of like working backwards. Um, but it was because we didn't know exactly what we were doing and um, we all had jobs. So it was like, you can't just take a month off and go in the studio and like, you know, so, uh, but for the last album that we did, um, Restless Disposition, uh, I had left my uh, time as a, as a corporate desk jockey to do music full time. So my schedule is wide open. This was, this was built into my time. Um, so I booked a week and then a week off and then a week back in. The first week we did, you know, two or three songs a day for a 12 song album. And then, uh, you know, we get the basic parts down. I would sing maybe one song or two songs a day. Uh, and then, you know, we'd listen to it all. And then the second week, we'd go back in and fine tune everything. And then there were a couple sessions after that, you know, they're like, well, this is weird. Or this came out weird. Or we want to add this. Um, so it was, it was a little more focused um, and, and deliberate. We gave ourselves more time to, to just sit down and do it right instead of get as much done as we can one day and then try to just figure it out as we went along. So it's been a learning process, but but you know, if, if it's up to me, I'd like to spend at least three days in the studio at a time to um, to make the song sound right. Oh, that makes good sense. Um, so uh, what's the uh, what's uh, what's what's coming up next? What's the what's the big thing you're doing? I know that you've uh, now you've re you've located out to Virginia. Yeah. And um, and you're touring around. Um, and you're here in Indy today, so. right? So I'm. I've got. Um, I've got some shows out there. Richmond's a very cool town. There's a lot of places to play. So I'm going to be playing at um, a place called Emilio's on the 12th, uh, at the Tin Pan on the 17th, and then we have um, one of the biggest shows in Columbus is the Johnny Cash tribute show. Columbus, Ohio. Right? Columbus, Ohio. That's correct. Uh, and that's February 23rd, I believe, last Saturday of the month, and it's um, seven eight bands and we all get together and play Johnny Cash songs. There's no repeats. Everybody kind of does their own take. Some people take a more traditional route. Uh, but that's a super cool event and one of my favorite gigs to play. 
Yeah. Well, that's killer. Yeah, and, and of course, on my website, it has all my updated schedule and things like that. And we'll make sure that your website's in the uh, in the show notes so people can just link to it. Cool. And um, But it's been great having you, and I want to hear some tunes. You're going to play Thanks. some three songs for us today? That's right, yes, absolutely. All right, well, well let's get to it, man. Cool. We'll be back in just a minute with Ma- Matt Monta live here on Moonshine and Music. Thanks for being here. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, so this is the lead-off track of our newest album, Restless Disposition, and it's a song called Slow Summer Rising. Sunset slow as the road darkens down Tell me the things that I want to hear Cause I need to believe it But you look at me with your sad departed eyes And you give me a smile and a half-hearted sigh Saying, honey, you'll never get your piece of the pie
Thank you. So I appreciate everyone being here today. Thanks. And uh, there are a lot of times when you're playing gigs and going out and doing stuff where you don't get a crowd as, as healthy and as enthusiastic as this one. And uh, <laughs> you're going to turn on me at any minute, I know. Uh, but that's, you know, sort of what this song touches on about those, those moments where there's still beauty in the stillness and uh, emptiness of a room. And that's what it's called. It's magic in an empty room. T. 
Thank you. All right. Do my third one here, and uh, this is um, one of my favorite songs to play. And uh, there's a lot of people out right now there in the world, and there always has been, and there always will be, that are going to profit in some way, either financially or with power, off of your fear. And it's tough to wake up some days. I mean, it's facing what is going on out there right now is tough. I don't enjoy it, but it's something we gotta do. We gotta stand up to our fears and do what's right. And that's what this song is all about, and it's called I won't be scared. Well, there's echoes in the hallways from footsteps of the past. Scared. I won't be scared. 
thank you very much. Thank you. Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved. Our producer for today's show was Joe Shelton. Our cameraman grip and stunt double was Brent Lee Smith. And also helping out on cameras, setup, and all sorts of other things, Bailey Shelton. Thank you for joining us, and join us next week on Sunday for Moonshine and Music.